Welcome to the weekly podcast at Second Ponce de Leon Baptist Church. My name is Doc Hollingsworth. I'm senior pastor of this great congregation, and we're delighted that you've joined us. Our prayer for you is that as you listen to this message, you might feel closer to God and closer to God's hope for you. What Christmas means to me is peace, a time with family, and great joy. I love Christmas. It's my favorite time of the year, and even in this crazy year, it still brings me joy. That's what Christmas means to me. Friends, we've had beautiful worship, beautiful singing, beautiful praying, and now we consider a phrase, and this phrase is, I would never have... Imagine this from Luke 1, verses 46 through 55. Friends, I love surprises. Surprises are awesome. The biggest and greatest Christmas gift I was given on earth has been from my Uncle Ronald. He lived in San Bernardino, California at the time, and I went through a phrase where I just absolutely loved Power Rangers. And my mom went to every Toys R Us here trying to find these Power Rangers, but it was the crave at the time, and nobody could find them. My dad tried, my mom tried, my aunt tried. But yet, my uncle, who lived in San Bernardino, went to almost 15 Toys R Us stores, and he found every one. And I remember on December 25th, I won't tell you the year, I went and I rushed and I looked under that tree, and you better know, all of the Power Rangers were there, and it was just amazing fun. It was something that I would have never have imagined because I saw my mother and father rushing, trying to find these great toys, but they could not find it. And it was something that I just never would have imagined. It gave me ecstatic happiness. You see, friends, when we experience ecstatic happiness, that's exactly what it means to be joyful. Good news Weddings, graduations, and breathtaking moments are things that give us unspeakable joy. And I don't know about you, but when I experience ecstatic happiness, I do something that all of you may laugh at, and I like to sing three or four word songs. In my car, in the black Bugatti that I tell myself I drive, I like to sing songs like, Thank you, Lord. You've been so good, God. And I just make up songs. I say things like, God, you never had to do it, but you did, and I'm thankful. You see, at that moment, yeah, it may be off key at that moment. It may not be the most desirable song or has the most diverse lyrics, but at that moment, I'm just giving credit back to the great joy giver that is God. You see, in Luke chapter 1, verse 46 through 55, we catch great Mary singing a song of praise, except hers is probably on key. Luke captures the essence that God loves all of God's creation. We are all precious in the sight of God. Never forget that. And this is seen directly, I mean with clarity, in Luke chapter 1. You see, 
before we dive into this text, we have to let you know what has happened before this text. Because after the angel Gabriel came and turned Mary's life upside down, then right side up by telling her that she was about to birth the savior of the entire world. Mary didn't respond like I would have. I would have ran as fast as I could away from this heavenly being. But yet Mary stood right there. And in Luke 1 verse 38, she says, may it be so according to the words that you have said, great angel. Friends, right there, that's faith in action. I mean, that's submission on steroids. Because shortly after this great angelic visitation, Mary visits her family member, Elizabeth. And shortly after, she sings what we will examine today, a great song. That's better than just me saying, thank you, Jesus. But she sings the song, and it's called The Magnificat. You see, this beautiful song of praise is written in the style of many of the Old Testament psalms. The name Magnificat, it comes from the first word of this text in the Latin translation, and it means this, to increase. See, not only has God increased Mary's joy, but through the birth of Jesus, God will increase the joy of all of the world. This increase will be in such a way that it will leave everyone saying, wow, I would have never imagined this. Friends, let's dive in. Mary begins singing in verse 46, these great words, my soul exalts the Lord. And my spirit has rejoiced in God, my Savior. Friends, right here from these verses, we understand that God gifts us with many reasons to worship God. See, joy screams from this text. Mary has everlasting joy and it exudes from her body. Mary explains that God has given her reasons, not one reason, reasons, plural, to worship the one true God. She reaffirms her faith in God by saying, I'm outrageously joyful and God has saved me. You see, this personal praise and reaffirmation of faith, it makes me smile while reading it. You may ask why I smile. Well, I smile because I can almost hear Mary singing these words. She's on key, not like me. I can hear Mary saying, I, my soul exhausts to you, Lord. You saved me. You are awesome. But yet, secondly, I get excited because Mary is excited because you can hear this joy from the text because Mary understands she's not just about to birth just Joshua here. She's not about to just birth a regular baby. She's about to birth the savior of the entire world. You see, to understand, however, more of this joy, to put yourself in Mary's shoes, we do well to flip back to 1 Samuel and examine the life of Hannah. You see, Hannah prayed for a son, and she was gifted by God with that son, and his name was Samuel. Instead of singing, great Hannah doesn't sing, but instead she prays in joy. In 1 Samuel chapter 2, verses 1 through 2, Listen to a prayer. Hannah prays, my heart rejoices in the Lord. In the Lord, my horn is lifted high. My mouth boasts over my enemies, for I delight in your deliverance. There's no one holy like the Lord. There's no one besides you. There is no rock like our God. You see, the gift of a child named Samuel was sent to Hannah 
and she prays in joyful thanksgiving. And the gift of a child who will save the world by the name of Jesus was sent to Mary and she sings in joyful thanksgiving. Friends, what we notice from both of these accounts is that God gifted these amazing women with gifts from the eternal and they find themselves eternally thankful. Well, friends, here's a thought that I want you to reflect on. In this holiday season, what gifts has God given you that you are grateful for? I believe that if you begin to reflect even now on these gifts, you may find yourself full of joy, singing or praying just like these two awesome women, because you understand today that you have many reasons, plural, to worship God. I know this has been a less than ideal year. I understand that it hadn't been the greatest, but here, I want you to get this. If you're watching this, the Lord has sustained you. If you're watching this, the Lord has kept you. If you're watching this, the Lord has increased you in some type of way. And for that reason, we should worship God. Mary sings, but she doesn't sing alone because we too have experienced some increase in this year. We've experienced God in many different ways. But friends, for a moment, are you grateful? For a moment, are you really grateful like Mary? Because Mary had a whole lot going on, but she still found that reason and rested on that reason. Will you pause from the chaos moment to give honor to Christ, the one who has sustained you, loved you, and been with you in the midst of this divisive year? Friends, I want you to know that God has given us a gift better than Power Rangers. The Lord has given us a gift that we have so many reasons to worship God. But I hate to prolong this thing because I don't want to interrupt this melodious great song. Mary is singing, and in verse 48, we get to hear more of this song. Mary sings, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. Here, the mercy in the text, because that's the next gift that God gives us. God gifts us with mercy. Friends, I love the definition of mercy because it's quite simple, but it has great impact. You see, mercy is how God shows kindness or concern for those who are in serious need. Mm. Friends, it could be challenging for you at this moment to think of yourself as a person in serious need, but don't allow it to be. We all have great needs that can only be fulfilled by a great God. You see, we may not know so much about Mary, but what we can understand is that Mary was from a very small Galilean village. More than likely, she was from a family that had very meager means. They were not living in mansions and not living the lifestyle of the rich and famous. However, God gives her a blessing that she would have never imagined for herself. God gives her a bigger and better Christmas tree, a bigger and better Christmas gift that can ever be found under a Christmas tree. God gives her the opportunity and responsibility to birth Emmanuel, the God with us that will save us from every sin we will commit. Mary here, however, was the first recipient of the great mercy that comes from God. 
This virgin teenage mother is in need, but God exceeds her needs by taking her from her humble state and lifting her up to a state of wow. God shows in abundance how much he loves Mary, but also he shows how much he loves all of us. Because God strategically and intentionally used a woman who no one would have ever imagined to birth a blessing that none of us could conceive. This is a no one but God moment. You see, mercy through Jesus is beautiful provision from a loving God. It's help in need. Mercy is love in turmoil. Mercy produces beauty from ashes. Mercy finds us in need and it lifts us to increase. Mercy is a gift that God fills our lives with. And guess what? We should always be thankful. Sending and placing mercy in our lives is something that God is amazing at doing. We've been gifted, friends, with reasons to worship. We've been gifted with mercy. But how does God do it? Does God really do it? I'm glad you asked. Turn over with me to Psalm 138, verse 6, and it proves it all. The psalmist describes God and God's mercy and care just like this. Though the Lord is exalted, he looks kindly on the lowly. Though lofty, he sees them from afar. We are all lowly. We are all in the need of mercy. But this is why God sent Jesus, isn't it? He sent Jesus to gift us with certain things that would help us in this life and beyond. And for that, we should join Mary in the hallelujah chorus and sing, thank you, Lord, for how you gift us with mercy and reasons to worship you. But yet as we prepare to look at the last segment of this beautiful song that Mary sings. We find in verses 51 through 55, a very big truth that I need you to hang on to today. And that is that God is a promise keeper. In verses 51 through 55, it's proven that God is a promise keeper. You see, to describe or to label God as a promise keeper, it means that God has the reputation of being honest in every day, every time, and in every way. Luke tells us this through Mary's words by saying, God has done mighty deeds with his arm. God has scattered those who were proud in the thoughts of their hearts. God has brought down rulers from their thrones and has exalted those who were humble. God has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty handed. God has given help to his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, just as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his descendants forever. Do you hear that? That's a long resume of what God through Jesus will do. It says that God's going to bring down the prideful, and he will. He did. Hmm. It says that God's going to elevate the humble, and he will. And he did. It says that the Lord's going to fill the hungry with good things, and he did. And he did. It says that God will provide help. Friends, we know that the Lord will provide help because we're living in such a tumultuous time and the Lord keeps on blessing us over and over and over again. 
You see, in the text, when this text was written, it in fact really was a foreshadowing of Christ. It talked about what this baby Jesus would do. (laughs) But we know that after baby Jesus grew up a bit, baby Jesus became the great Jesus who was 33 years old and died on a cross for all of the sins of humanity. Friends, this is so awesome because we can trust that there's great power in the name of Jesus. We can trust that through Jesus, kings and kingdoms will pass away, but there's something about that name. Friends, we can trust that Jesus is awesome and he's the reason for the season, but more than Jesus being a tagline in a Kurt Franklin song, we can trust that Jesus is not only the reason for the season, but he's the manifestation of the love of God. Jesus shows us God's love in action. And we can trust that God loves his children, but more than anything, we can trust through the life of baby Jesus that God is a promise keeper. You see, as Christ comes, he's coming to put us back in step and sync with our heavenly father that is God. Baby Jesus comes to set things back in order and to prove to all of creation that God is a person that can't be trusted. And so, friends, I want you to understand this today, that promises may not always mean a lot to us, but they mean a great deal to God. And if you still struggle with maybe if God really is a promise keeper, if this year has you having some warped way of thinking that God may not care about you, I just want you to think about this A word in the text. It's not almighty, it's Abraham. You see, Abraham was promised by God some things. He was promised that his name would be made great, and it happened. He was promised that he would become the father of many nations, and we used to sing that song, Father Abraham had many sons, had many sons, had Father Abraham. I'm one of them, and so are you. So let's praise the Lord. It's not just a song. It's the manifestation of a promise. But also, God promised to Abraham that he would be given land as an everlasting possession, and you better know, God fulfilled all of those promises. I want you to know God is not a man that he should lie. Friends, God not only promised Abraham some things and he did it, he promised Mary some things. And even though she could not conceptualize the blessing that the angel was telling her that would happen, she trusted God, that God's essence would overshadow and override her doubt. She had faith even though her heart was shaking. She had faith, even though she didn't even have all of the Bible like we do today. She had faith and Jesus had not even come and died on a cross. She had faith that the Lord would do everything that the Lord said he would do. I want you to catch this, that the Lord kept his word to Mary. If he kept his word to Abraham, will not he keep his word to us? We Serve a God who is a promise keeper. God will continue to love us. He promises it to love us in more ways than we can imagine, to provide for us in more ways than we can imagine, to offer us grace in more ways than we can imagine. Friends, catch this. Christmas is more than a season, but it's the manifestation of God giving gifts that we live into each and every day. Thank God for Jesus, the one who gifts us with more than we deserve and more than we can imagine.
friends, right now as we prepare to turn over gifts under the tree, there may be someone here who wants to know or who does not have a relationship with that Jesus who is the manifestation of this promise. And if by chance you do not know Christ from right where you are, you can pray a simple prayer with me. Let's pray together. Gracious God, I admit that I need you in my life. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. And I confess that Jesus is the Lord and the head of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. If you've prayed that prayer, or if you stand in the need of any form of prayer, let us know about it. You're not alone. We know it's a pandemic going on. We may be scattered, but we are still together. You feel free to email us at altogether at spdl.org. If by chance this ministry is blessing you and you want this ministry to continue going, feel free, if God has led you to give, to go to spdl.org. The giving option is there. And under the drop-down menu is the option for all together. And you can be led by God to give as God leads. Friends, as you prepare to leave this virtual space, reflect this week, even on Christmas, about Mary's words from Luke 1, verses 46 through 55. But also our together takeaway, reflect on that as well. It's this, gifts from God are life-giving and demonstrate for us how serious God is about fulfilling his promises. God's a promise keeper. Remember that, that even if you don't get the gifts you want under the tree, because Jesus came, the promise is all of ours. Have a great week. Thanks for joining us. If you live in the Atlanta area or visiting Atlanta, come and worship with us in person on Sundays at Second Ponce de Leon Baptist Church.